Jake, I, I had an idea. Um, when you think about the next two months of golf, which probably when you think about it is probably the best two month string of golf that we're going to get uh, all year. I mean, it is every year, but when naming these tournaments, the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, the Waste Management Phoenix Open, the AT&T Byron Nelson at Campo Rancho, fucking Rancho Cucamongo, uh, the Butterfield Bermuda Championship, the uh, the Sanderson's Farm Invitational at whatever golf course you go to. If you were to like paraphrase each like thing, the Waste Management would be the best one because you would just call it The Waste. Which sounds like, uh, which makes total sense too, because we're going to have 750,000 people stepping foot in Scottsdale, Arizona, the weekend and the same night as the Super Bowl. You want to talk about, about, about the biggest party in sports? Sorry, biggest party in golf? Now it's the biggest party in sports. You have a four day fucking bender. I want to know. I want to know the people who have tickets to the Super Bowl and have tickets to sit in the 16th uh, stadium hole. That's probably the best four days of your life, and I'm probably so much, so much abysmal money to be to, to be thrown around. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be absolutely wild. Either either the waste or the wasted, but it's the gonna wasted. get it's gonna get real bad in Arizona. There's gonna be some sloppy, sloppy guys. On 16, we see a hole in one. They're going to be throwing out everything. We might see a baby on the green getting thrown out there. It's it's going to be it's going to be absolutely insane. Yeah, it, if Sam Ryder has taught us anything about uh, about pro golf on the 16th, it's that you will see some ridiculous. Uh, there was, I mean, think about it. In the last year alone, we saw beer getting thrown on a golf course. Think of just just think of the optics of that. It's 1981. I I go back in time and I go, hey. In 35 years, some no-name guy in joggers is going to hit a hole-in-one and the stadium will throw beer at them. Jack Nicholas would look at me cockeyed and say, the fuck is wrong with you? Or you're gonna have you're gonna have a big guy taking off his shirt and running around on the green. Arnold Palmer, Arnold Palmer would have a hard thing. It's it's like the um the TikTok of like like things that would send Victorian moms into a coma. Victorian children into a coma. Thank you, Kay. Yes. Yes, my girlfriend. My girlfriend's next to me, uh, correcting my TikTok mistakes. It's like that, but like things that would put old timey golfers into a coma. And and yeah, honestly, that that would be number one. Yeah, I'm trying to look up what a ticket costs to sit in. Um, yeah, well, to like, sit on the 16th hole. All right, that I don't know. Fascinatingly enough, though, like tickets to golf events really aren't a lot of money. Like I, I'm looking right now. Um, currently we're. we're with some friends that go down to the players, it's like 90 bucks for a day, which really isn't that bad considering you get to go for an entire day and it's the players. Like I can go sit at 17 the entire day if I wanted to. Um, no, yeah. Ticket only 48 bucks for general admission. That's really crazy. That's going to bring out some wildness. Well, hold on. Well, wait, what day is that? Oh my God. Wait. Yeah. Sunday. That's Sunday, $48 general admission. Um, 1937 club only 879 dollars. I say that like it's not that much, but that's, I, that's I have really to think though. Hold on. So, but the 16th though, right? That would be yeah. I'm trying to find that too. I'm having trouble. I believe that would 16th. be the Skybox 16. Yeah, Skybox 16. 
which is like a lounge. I'm going to assume that'll be where you're going to want to be at. Those are, says here, $247 on Ticketmaster. That's that's not bad at all. Not 247 bad at all. to spend a day and just get absolutely on obliterated? Sunday? On Sunday, too. On Sunday. That's that's crazy. That's amazing. That's honestly so amazing. Think, so think about it. Hold on. So, so the current resale ticket right now for the Super Bowl is $540. That's not bad Two, either. 247 to go sit at the 16th. What how how far is it to go? Two from, hours. I'm pretty, I think it's like two hours. You, you can do it in an hour fifty if you move. So TV so TBC Scottsdale to to what even is the uh the arena called now? I think State Farm. I saw a State Farm commercial where they're unless yes, they just yeah, yeah. It, it, State it, Farm. it it used to be uh the University of Phoenix. But that one obviously Bro, it's a half hour. That's all it is? It's a half an hour. Look at this. Wow. There's going to be some people doing that. There is people that have set that up, taking the days off of work. They're going Thursday through Sunday, taking Monday off. You better take Monday off. You got no you shot. Literally t- you literally take Route 101, and you ride that shit all the way down. That's why. People are definitely doing that. There's, there's a lot of people that are doing that. I mean, obviously, like you have the uh, the rich and famous who are gonna like take take like their fucking helicopters and shit. But yeah. the, the idea of that is amazing. Do we do you think we see any golfers at the Super Bowl that played in the waste management? Well, I can tell you, I, I can tell you this: Justin Thomas was at Media Day today, um, just doing whatever. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I know JT was there. I think Max Homa stopped by. Wow. Um, yeah, so a, a, a lot of people were at Media Day. I someone's got to be there, it's particularly too. Like, if you miss the cut, oh, no you're, brainer, you're a thousand percent gonna go. Like Tom Hoagie is gonna be like, I'm gonna go play the waste management and miss the cut and just go hang out for the next three days in Glendale with his wife. Um, th- someone posted something. I want to say it was like a very like Ravel tweet, but I know it wasn't. Um, but like they were saying, uh, they were saying like, oh, oh, here we go. Front office sports tweeted out this week. Phoenix will host the Super Bowl and the, and the waste management open per the FAA, the federal airline administration airports in the area are expecting 1000 private jets, 4,000 additional takeoffs and landings and 11 and 1100 additional aircraft parked. Oh my goodness. Last year, more than 140 private jets took off from LA in the five hours after the Super Bowl. So they're 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 analyzing this to be like ridiculous. Now also 1, again, this is the, private jets is crazy. And think about it too, like there's only three airports in Arizona. Yeah. There's Scottsdale Airport, there's Phoenix uh International, and there's one in, in Mesa, which is all the way down by, by like like Gilbert, which is all the way out east. And I think yeah. like past that, there might be one in like Tucson and Flagstaff, but there's nothing else in the Phoenix area. I, I, I can tell you that much. Maybe Prescott. So it's going to be loaded. It's going to oh, be absolutely. Oh, wild. sorry. There's, there's also a municipal airport um, in Glendale, <laughs> which is probably going to get like paid out by every celebrity and their mother. To yeah, get a just place to land there. there. Yeah. This is absolutely, absolutely insane. This would be insane. I like it. You, this this might be the best weekend for a dual sporting event because like even like with golf, it's just a different different kind of atmosphere. Yeah, which makes it 
10, 10, 10 times is good. Get in the Hello and welcome to the Get in the Hole podcast. Steve McAvoy, Jake Dippold here. Another fantastic week in the world of golf. The waste management, or as we're going to call it for the entirety of the day, the waste. Coming to you in, in Scottsdale, Arizona. TPC Scottsdale will play host to the biggest party in golf. And of course, this, this episode of the Get in the Hole podcast is brought to you by our friends over at PHI Apparel Co. Bringing you the best clothing in the industry for all your Philadelphia sports teams, their sleep designs, perfect quality is going to have you rocking every single day. We did, in fact, create a Super Bowl t-shirt, saw them online. KB was like, yo, this, yo these are kind of whack. Made our own design shirt. You can go find those at phiapparel.co. Again, phiapparel.co and use Underground for 10% off your next purchase. You can also get some getting the whole gear, which no big deal. Probably the, probably the best stuff on the site. Once again, Steve McAvoy, Jake Dipple here with you. The Waste Management Phoenix Open. I cut you off at that break. I will let you finish what you had to say, and, and we'll jump right in. Honestly, I don't even remember, so let's just dive in. I love it. We have some major drama. Probably This is probably the lamest headline I could ever create. Uh, <laughs> Live Golf, allegedly purchasing property in Augusta, Georgia, our resident law insider, Jake Dippold, has the story. So, yeah, I dug in a little bit, and I, I was just amazed at it. I thought, there's no way this is true, and evidently it's not even true. Uh, so, <laughs> so what Liv claimed was that they bought 400 acres for $36 million in North Augusta. They said the landowners wanted to remain anonymous, that they were just dealing it out for a, for an easy $36 million. Um and then I also found a quote from the North Augusta mayor, who is named Britton Williams. Pretty cool name. Pretty Southern name, evidently. And he confirmed the landowner's statement. And the landowner's statement was that the family owns the property in question. They're not interested in selling. And they just wish the rumors would stop. That was confirmed by the mayor of North Augusta. So what we have here is a video created by who knows who. We have no idea. I'm sure Liv was involved. I'm sure they're marketing the team. account. Yeah, I'm sure their marketing team was super involved. Any any drama that Liv can get, they will take. And and here what we have is a flat out lie, a flat out disengagement with with reality, a flat out mayor who is not only covering for the landowner but saying it is a blatant distruth that any land was sold in North Augusta and that any land will ever be sold. The landowner said there's no chance we're doing this. I wish it would just stop. And and Liv just continues to make drama and continue to say things that aren't even true. The the, the fun part here is, here is too is that all this happened shortly following a request from Liv Golf requesting further communication from people like Condoleezza Rice, Stephen Banks was the uh, CEO of Warren Stevens, um, and people like trying to figure out like the membership qualities at Augusta. And it was denied by a judge shortly after, obviously, they purchased this. They must be trying to get somebody from Liv in Augusta National to, like, to like be the eyes and ears from the inside because they know Greg Norman never won the jacket, so he can't even do it. Um, so so according to an article from Golf Weekly uh, and, and, and USA Today, was that they said cited documents do not implicate in any way the subpoenaed parties, which was, which was Rice uh, and Warren Stevens. 
Um, nor do nor do they reflect communications via between identified additional targets. Indeed, for the most part, identified targets m- appear m- merely as names or lists and other oblique references made by others, which meaning Live Golf, basically citing that um, the judge threw out this request from Live and was like, "This is bullshit," and we're they're a private entity anyway, so we can't even talk about it. So clearly, there's something up in the air, but I think it's hilarious that once again, in in Live fashion, get absolutely dissed. Uh, by some wealthy landowners, which also 400 acres is freaking gigantic. Yeah, 36 million too. And were they are they like expecting to buy this land and create a new masters? I don't even understand like what the goal is. Even if they did buy it, what's well, the well, ultimate goal? The allegedness was that, that that they had core Crenshaw ready to build a golf course. So yeah, I mean, I would assume. Who it, cares? Would... You're never going to compete with the Masters ever. Yeah, but, yeah, but like think about it though. The, the live schedule. I think we we we've gone over this in the past. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of the events outside of like maybe a few coincide with any actual PGA tour events, yeah. but at some point, if live gets big, you'd have to think like, Oh, why wouldn't we want to put a, a major event happening the same time as the masters and try and pry viewership uh, yeah. like, uh, or, or even the week after make people want to stay in Augusta for, for, for another week. Think about it. The, the city of Augusta make, makes, I think, I think that they make like Michael Collins said it, like 87% of their yearly revenue in one weekend. That is insane. Like it it's like a party it, it, it's like a party college town on crack. <laughs> it's, 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 it's like like literally what it is. But who knows if the rumors are fake, I guess they'll try and figure out something else. The only thing that I know is, is that apparently they they've now scrapped the uh the the team final from uh, from Trump Doral and, and are now bringing it back to Saudi Arabia, which will be a fun wow. time. But the one place that they had literally no viewership last time. And I mean, I can promise that this will not be the last we talk about oh, no. live drama. There is so much more coming. If they're if they're making up lies or at least buying into the lies, because Liv was requested for a comment to be made on this, and they they made zero comment. So if the comment kings live are making a comment, it means that they are involved and they're. Now I have to duck away because of what happened. Exactly. And don't worry. We're going to talk more live in probably about 10 minutes. And then again, on the other side in about 25. But before we get into that, John Rahm, the, uh, then the should be number one golfer in the world. Allegedly. Some say I kind of agree. Uh, said this week in his presser that golf courses are feeding people into an obsession over distance, basically saying, and, and, and he's been a long standing proponent of this, that he hates the fact that golf courses are getting longer because of the technology that is being built, which is also kind of strange because he he literally supports the company who claims themselves to be the kings of distance in Callaway. But I'll, I'll kind of let it slide. What do you make of John Rahm's points? Do you think it's accurate, though, that because of the growing technology and the balls and the clubs and everything else, that because golf courses are, are growing longer, we've seen Augusta get a little bit get a little longer. We've seen other courses on the PGA Tour get a little bit more lengthened out, even like Jack's place at, at Merrifield Village has gotten longer in the past. I went through a giant revamp two years ago. Do you think his comments hold true? And do you think it's a problem for the PGA tour that it is getting longer and that, that people are kind of feeding into it? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's part technology, part guys getting just bigger, faster and stronger. Like the technology is definitely insane and definitely crazy. And we're obviously not playing wood, wooden hickory sticks anymore, but these guys are also insane athletes now. Like, like back in the day, these guys were drinking, they were smoking on the course, they were throwing back whatever, and just kind of out there playing to have fun. And 
But now when we're playing with this much money on the line, these guys are these guys are legit athletes. Golfers in the last probably what, 30 years, 35 years have actually became athletes. And yeah. that's not that's not misusing the word. They're definitely way more athletic now. And a lot of those guys are crazy, crazy, just bigger, faster, stronger athletes. Look at Will Zalatoris, for example. He's had these back problems, but but the reason is because he has so much torque and he yeah. has so much ability to move and create distance and, and spin that back around, but it can only go so far. And I think John Rahm is so right. I am not a proponent at all of spreading the course out. I, I am a big proponent of limiting, limiting the technology. I think like TaylorMade and Callaway and all this stuff they're creating should be more for the amateur golfer like us who needs it. But I think the PGA should be limited. We, we see an MLB, they use wood bats. It should be the same thing like wood bats. Let's take away a little bit of distance. Let's take away a little bit of whatever. Maybe raise the greens, or not raise the greens, raise the rough, make it a little bit harder in those situations, but but dial the equipment back in the PGA. Why, why are we doing it in every other sport, but we won't do it in PGA? I, I mean, they have done things to limit it. Like, 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 think about it. The idea of limiting driver shafts, right? I mean, yeah. If John Rom wanted to have a 50-inch shaft, and which also out of context, that's terrible. Uh, but if he wanted to have have a 50-inch golf shaft, he very well could and hit it 350 yards on the daily. But he doesn't. So, like the PGA Tour is doing what they can, and like, look, the golf ball is always going to evolve. Like, you can't like you can't tell Titleist, hey, limit limit the Pro V1. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like they they pride themselves on always growing bigger and bigger and bigger. And think about it, like the problem is. And it's the same thing. Like Lou Holtz had a great quote. I'm going to link football and golf here. Lou Holtz gave a commencement speech uh, at some small town time college in Ohio. And he said, look, when I was the head coach at Notre Dame, like we were the number one team in the nation and we just chose to maintain it. And then when, and then once we finished second in the country, everyone was like, Oh, you're an idiot. But like at the end of the day, he's like, you're either growing or you're dying. So you are getting better and stronger then at some point you're going to fall off. Titleist made the best golf ball in the world in 2000. 23 years later, they're still the best golf ball in the world. And the only reason for it is because every year they're adding five yards. They're adding more spin. They're adding more, like they're adding all these different elements to it. And now we're only touching the surface with the carbon wood era and this car- and, and carbon fiber clubs that it's only going to get longer and better. And, and yeah, you're right. Like back in the thirties, Ben Hogan was smoking cigarettes every single round. Now it's like if you don't eat like kale salads every day, you're gonna fall out, you're gonna fall off your rhythm. And like I, I think John Rahm's kind of over exaggerating a little bit with this because first of all, he's one of the longest hitters on tour already. Mm-hmm. Is it because yeah, they're getting longer? Probably. That's like totally fair. You have to acclimate yourself to the situation. But like golf scores have always kind of fluctuated around the same. Like outside of the century last year, where, where we had guys in the 30s. Most scores are either between 15 under and 25 under. That's kind of like where we sit every single week, give or take some courses, how they're designed, how they're laid out. And then, then of course, you get lower and lower with the majors. But, like, that's just kind of how it's been, and it's been that way forever. Even even when they were using Persimmon Woods, Ben Hogan and Walter Hagen were winning events at 20, at 20 under par. Yeah. So I don't like – I think it's just a matter of, of everyone's adapting to the times – and the golf course, in turn, is getting longer because they have to adapt to the to the technology and to the training and to all these different things. And to be honest with you, when you're the number three player in the world and you're already dominating everybody, just shut up. Like, you're already so good at, at your game. If they shortened it, he'd be even better. Yeah. So at that point, it's like, whatever. 
Just yeah, I don't I don't really get where Rom's coming from either. I mean, everyone's playing the same course. It's not like they're yeah. only lengthening it out for him. And and once you make a good drive, it's the same approach shot anyways. Yeah. And like, it, it, it honestly doesn't make any sense to me what he's complaining about. And honestly, like the difference here, think about it. Like Bryson re like reinvented the way to hit the driver, right? But yeah. he would hit it 45 yards 45 yards into Narnia. Yeah. And it's like, all right, cool. You could technically hit a pitching wedge whenever when everyone else is hitting a seven iron. But what good is it when you're in the deep rough, forty five feet into the woods, and you're running around and you're running around around with wood shots trying to find your ball? Yeah, and and Bryson's such a faker too because his his pitching wedge is bent to an eight iron. Like like he's calling <laughs> it his pitching wedge, but I can bend my clubs too, and yeah. I'll and I'll say my five iron's my gap wedge, and I'll hit the ball two hundred and twenty yards. Is it really a gap wedge? Yeah. No. But, no, but like, like the the fact of the matter remains. Like it's Bryson hitting the ball three sixty, and everyone else hitting it three hundred. Yeah. In some conditions, it matters. But John Rom's already hitting it, what I think three oh five without the bounce. Mm-hmm. So at that point, like, what does it even matter? You're already top ten and top ten on the tour, and like, who's your only competition right now? Scotty Scheffler, Roy McIlroy. You got to hit it farther than them, anyways, if you're yeah. gonna win. So it, it, it's all the same shit. He kind of just has to take a deep breath and just enjoy the events while he can. Um, this week, though, it's going to be, be a very different story. 18 of the top 20 players in the world competing this week. We're going to talk more about the designated events in a hot sack. But speaking of Bryson DeChambeau, finally, the live golf drama is rearing its ugly head. Of course, if you've been living under a rock for the last eight months, live golf has been unable to get official world golf ranking points. And therefore, Bryson finally is set to fall out of the top 100 for the first time since 2017, since his sophomore year on tour. DJ is falling out of the top 50. I don't think Cameron Smith fell out of three, outside of the top five quite yet. Let me double-check that. But mm, he's fourth right now. But at some point, Cameron Smith will fall off. However, of course, they are getting points from playing Asian tour events and playing DP, DP World Tour events. So guys like Cameron Smith will probably stick around, but... Bryson's falling out. DJ's falling out. Uh, Sergio's, Sergio and Ian Poulter and all of them are most certainly falling out. And at a pretty heavy pace, Taylor Gooch, uh, w- when he moved over last year, was was 30th. He's now down to 40th. Um, try, trying to go down the list here to see who's fallen more. Patrick Reed is still somehow um, in the in the 60s, which is like, kind of funny. Kevin Na, Louis Uzi is in 63-65. So a lot of these guys are sort of all. Brooks Kepka is the 71st golfer in the world. <laughs> like, pretty ridiculous when, when Brooks Kepka, who, by the way, um, won this event this week twice, uh, is in the same kind of grouping right now as Davis Riley and Christian Bezadenhut. By the way, five bucks if you can spell Bezadenhut right now. B-A-Z-E-D-A-N? No. B E Z U I D H O U T. Oh my goodness! I didn't. I, I didn't even look at that. I promise. Wow. I just know that. I didn't know that. But yeah. So so Bryson and D, Bryson and DJ are falling out. Bryson also dropped his deal with Cobra recently, so he's now back to the free agency grind. But like, what does this mean? Like, are are they going to ever get back? I mean, the majors and a few European tour events really aren't going to do it. And DJ hasn't even played. Uh, since I think like the open. So DJ is like totally removed from all of that, uh, making all of his money off of uh, Paulina and her daddy. But uh, what do we think? Is Liv Goff going to somehow find its way back at all? 
I mean, I don't even know what the rankings are supposed to do at this point. Are we just going to let – and I hate to play devil's advocate. Are we just going to let these guys fall to the rankings? Like, a guy like Patrick Reed who played Rory that close, and I am – trust me, I have written five articles in the past week about how much I don't like Patrick <laughs> Reed. But, like, are we going to let him just fall out of the top 100? It, it doesn't become a true ranking. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, but but like equally, look, the rankings ha- have their faults, and we made the, and we and you and I have made it abundantly clear already how we already have our own rankings to begin with. But like at the same time, though, like they don't fall under the criteria to earn points. Now, granted, should they have th- this rapid decline? Probably not, because they are still top players in the world. But at that point, like you have to almost remove the criteria as a whole. And just do kind of like a not, not even like how like the MGA does like a handicapping system, but like maybe you use like a handicapping method or something like that. How over your last eight rounds, depending on how you play, and and depending on the results you play in whatever events. Now, granted, of course, live live aren't playing in sanctioned events per se, but at some point you have to reimagine these things because it 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 doesn't seem right that that Dustin Johnson is out of the top fifty. Uh, Bruce Kepkos is a is the seventy first golfer in the world again? Like Davis Riley is not is on a different planet than Bruce Koepka, and in a bad way. Yeah. So, and I mean, like, what do you do? Yeah, I mean, every course has a slope rating, and every course has uh, a handicap translation. Yeah. So I don't understand why we can't do it. Like when I enter a tournament and I have to turn in my handicap, it's adjusted to the course. Yeah. It should be the same thing with these PGA courses and these live courses. I would I would guess most PGA events, the courses are a little bit harder. But we can adjust the handicap based off slope. So why can't the rankings just do that? You yeah, know? I, I mean, you, in an ideal world, yes. But at the same time, I, I'm, I really – to be honest with you, I don't have an answer. My bigger question actually now, now falls down to if they fall out of the top 100, right, live for months early on, would tout, oh, we have the 30th ranked golfer in the world. What's gonna happen now? Like, like is the is the marketability a and b the watchability knowing that you have no top one hundred players in the world playing with probably the exception of, of Cameron Smith uh, at a certain point? Like, where does the marketability now fall? I mean, it's already obviously battling for, uh, for views from the PGA Tour, but is it gonna just kind of drop off dramatically now because everyone's like, oh, they have no they have no true talent, quote unquote from the casual point of view, knowing that no one's in the top 100. I mean, yeah, your only shot now is name recognition. Like, I mean, if if you're not a pretty big golf fan, I'd say at least an above average golf fan, you probably don't even know who Taylor Gooch is. You know, like, like they have maybe seven guys, eight guys, if you count Pat Perez, because he's fun. Like they just don't have the name, name correlation. You got, you got DJ who I'd say most people know, because he's on the practice putting mat box. But, like, the average golf fan, you're not going to get a, a true golf fan to the live to watch lit. You're just not going to do it. So you're trying to, great, like, grab that average golf fan. And how many people do you think on live the average golf fan knows? Maybe seven? Um. So, you know, actually, I was thinking about it the, the other day. And I'm going to – you know what? I'm, I'm going to skip ahead just for the hell of uh, the, the argument here. So Phil said this the other day, and I think it's fascinating – he said that Liv would dominate the PGA Tour in a Ryder Cup-style match. And I couldn't not think of the people that would actually be involved in this event. So I did so I, so I did a little digging, right? 
And this is what I came up with. I believe, I, I really hope I, I've got it. Yeah. So, oh, hold on. I actually don't have it. God almighty. Um, so Dylan Dethier, who works for um, for golf uh, for golf, golf magazine, mm-hmm. put out a tweet about what a live golf versus Ryder Cup matchup would look like. So for Team PGA, Rory, Rom, Scheffler, Xander, Cantlay, JT, Finau, Morikawa, Homa, Zalatoris, Spieth, Fitz, and your captain's Tiger. You even as the casual golfer, golf fan should probably know at least three quarters of that roster. You probably might not know Matt Fitzpatrick. You might not know Tony Finau. And very, very, very slight chance you don't know who, I would say probably Xander Shoffley, just more actually no, Patrick Cantley because he flies under the radar. Yeah. Well, you, you, you should know everyone else. Shoffley's an Olympian. Scheffler, Raman, Rory are, are, are tops in the world. JT, everyone knows who he is. Morikawa is a household name. Homer's the Twitter guys. Al Torres is the skinny Legend, Jordan Spieth, Jordan Spieth, and Tiger's Tiger. Liv then, Cameron Smith, DJ, Joaquin Neiman, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, Louis Ustazen, Abraham Anser, Taylor Gooch, Patrick Reed, Paul Casey, Sergio Garcia, Ian Poulter, and your captain's Phil. The, ca- the casual golfer will know Cam Smith, DJ, probably Brooks, definitely Bryson, and and maybe Patrick Reed. Yeah, just because I, maybe Ian Poulter. I might just because of his pants, like because he dresses. Not, weird. not even that. If all right, if you if you if you know Ian Poulter and not and not Sergio Garcia, there's a problem. But I mean, like, like nowadays, like, nowadays I feel like more people will know Ian Poulter just because he. Yeah, dresses but weird. but Sergio ha- has the accolades to back up. Like he's. He's a legend. Yeah, yeah. So, but like, but again, no one would know Joaquin Neiman because he's 22 years old. Like, he's a baby. Taylor Gooch, really good, but a baby. Abraham Answer didn't get his first win until what Southwind uh, this past year, and then fell off the map because he went to live. Paul Casey's over the hill. He's done. Louis Oosthuizen hasn't. I mean, granted, yeah, he's he's, he's had a bunch of um, runner-up finishes, but outside of his master's appearance, does he really have any more than that in terms of the, the overall knowledge from the casual side? Again, you know, the top 10 golfer in the world, the guy who won the green jacket, it, the guy who won the green jacket in the COVID year is the only sport that was happening at the time. The, the two meatheads who, who bitch and moaned at each other for nine months. And then Patrick Reed, who's, who's America's villain. And then, you know, Phil, Congratulations. You know Phil Mickelson because he does some Amstel like commercials. <laughs> Anyways, and he just lost about 300 pounds in the last couple weeks. And also he has a really bad gambling addiction. So like he does. So like, like that's all you know. Like if I ask my girlfriend who's sitting on the couch right now, hey, what golfers do you know from this list? She could probably tell me almost for the most part, a lot of the guys from the PGA Tour side. And that's even with the fact that I talked talk to her about golf and she has no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah. And then I mean, even looking at it, like let's let's go matchups. Rory versus Cam. That's a close that's a close match. I mean, I don't think you really call it either way. Right now Rom, it's Rory. Yeah, right now it's Rory. Rom versus DJ. Right now Rom. it's Rom, hundred percent. Scheffler versus Neiman, Scotty, no brainer. Xander versus Brooks. I think it's Xander. I mean, I don't I haven't seen Brooks play good golf in a long time. Um Cantley versus Bryson, Patrick Cantley. Yeah. JT versus Louis. That's JT. JT 100%. Easy. 
Phenom versus Answer. That's Tony. Tony's Tony's form is awesome right now. More over Gooch every day. 100%. Homa versus Reed, not even close. Zalatoris versus Casey, not even close. Speed versus Sergio. I think Jordan Speed's playing great golf, but maybe you sneak one with Sergio because he had a couple good rounds. That's the one point that 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 Liv could get. That's it. And then and Fitz then versus Coulter. Fitz is miles ahead of Ian Coulter. Yeah. And again, and then, like think about it. We're debating the tenth best, the tenth best quote unquote golfer on the planet against Ian Poulter. Yeah. It's it's and then Tiger versus Phil. That's I mean they're well, both they're both they're both kind of falling apart right now, so I don't really have any idea. At that point, you might as well get the uh the, the geriatrics out at that point. But like yeah, exactly. then, then you dig even further and think about like like the substitutes and the guys who are behind them. We didn't yeah, like, even who's, talk who's about eleven. Who's eleventh on PGA Tour? Tom Kim. Yeah, that's why. Victor Hovland, Sam yeah, Burns, no Cameron Hovland. Young. Wow. Sanjay M. Hideki Matsuyama. Like, oh my and god! You, and then you're gonna get some no namers on Liv's side. Like, I I can even pick one to be eleventh right now in my head. The next guy up, Jason Kokrak, Kevin Na. Yeah, and Kevin Na's been washed up since '04. Um, get Pablo, uh, Lara, Lara Zabel, Lara Zabel. Yeah, it is, yeah, like, it gets bad with some substitutes, it gets really, really messy. Like Richard Bland, no, hell, I'd probably take Ricky Fowler against half these guys. No, I, I, I'm not even kidding, like in his form right now, 100% Ricky Fowler. I would take Scott Stallings or Keith Mitchell over Jason Kograd, I would take Mackenzie Hughes, Taylor Montgomery. I'll yeah, take over these guys. Andrew Potter. Oh, oh, and then then of course, like Harold Varner would tee it up for uh for Liv or or, or like but like Mito. Yeah, one of those but back like, end guys. But like like even then, you want to dig down the list. I can go to Sahith Tagala. I can go to Kevin Kisner, uh, Corey Connors, even though he can't pop for shit. Um, Chris Kirk, JT Poston, like these are still really good golfers. Yeah, who I think is. you put them against Ian Poulter, they could win a match. I mean, and what we're seeing right now is that PGA still dominates. Lip is definitely gaining a little bit of momentum, but PGA top to bottom, it's not even it's not even close. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, that's just simply just just how it is. And like, uh, I, I'm sorry, but to, for for Phil to say that is is just absolutely ludicrous. We are so far into this thing, but we have so much more to talk about. Justin Rose wins the wins the Pebble Beach Pro Am. I lost a really bad Sunday bad beat. We're gonna talk all about that on the other side and give you all of our picks and thoughts on the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Again, Steve and Jake here on the Get in the Hole podcast. Don't go anywhere. The Get in the Hole podcast is brought to you by our fantastic merch partners, PHI Apparel Company. PHI Apparel Co. provides designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of the world of golf. With their original designs for all, there's no doubt you'll stand out in the crowd rocking your Get in the Hole podcast official and first edition merch. This is the first time in show history that the Get in the Hole podcast has had merch, so you don't want to miss out. Our listeners can use promo code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. That's phiapparel.co, code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any apparel. Rock that Get in the Hole podcast merch out in the wild. Send it to us. Tweet at us at getting the whole pod when you're rocking your merch. Big thank you to PHI Apparel Company for being the best merch on the planet. Now, 
back to the show. Welcome back to the Get in the Hole podcast sponsored by Ties Baseball Tees. Ties Baseball Tees is the online t-shirt shop that is all baseball. Ties Baseball Tees is the place for top quality baseball merch for the baseball enthusiast. Get your tee now at TiesBaseballTees.com and get 10% off your purchase with discount code PITCH10. And don't forget to follow them on Instagram at TiesBaseballTees. This episode is also sponsored by Walk Off Wood Custom Wood Bats. Walk Off Wood is your one-stop shop for all your wood bat needs. Adult, youth, fungos, you name it and they've got it. Jump online to WellBats.com and start customizing today. Steve, we got our guy Justin Rose ending his four-year drought in the winner's circle. I got to hear about this bet. Um, On Sunday, it was about 2 o'clock. I had just gotten home. Uh, from hitting golf balls, look at the leaderboard, and I'm like, Denny McCarthy has made five straight birdies. This might look good. Justin Rose is old, and Peter Malnati, I've never heard of him before. <laughs> so what do I do here? He's plus 2,000 on the odds board, and I'm like, I have to take this, right? I, I have a – I checked my, uh, my, my, my account. I've got a tw- – I have 25 bucks in free bets – that expired that night, so I'm like, "Oh shit! I, I gotta like gotta play something." Put five bucks down on, on McCarthy for about eight holes until about like like the fourteenth. He's leading or is one back of Rose. It goes back and forth. Now Rose has the back line to play, and McCarthy's only fourteen, and they suspend play because of darkness. I'm like, "All right, Monday finish. Do I hold on to this bet?" And hope like Justin Rose wakes up like with, with like a kink in his neck the next morning, and he loses it. Uh, he won by three strokes. I could have cashed out for thirty dollars. I got greedy. I rode the wave. Um, but then again, like it was five bucks to win like two hundred. So I'm not like it, it is what it is. Free bet, uh, but very unfortunate with my Denny McCarthy bet. Should have also known though, like like he was gonna finish the round and Rose would have like eight to play. So like something was bound to happen. Yeah. Um, and, and I knew it was downhill, though, once Justin Rose made Eagle out of the bunker on, I think it was like eight, seven or eight. Um, really bad tee shot. Bunker shot, fairway bunker from like 230 yards, just ropes a five iron up the hill and lands it's like 10 feet of the pin. And I'm like, oh, shit, he's, like, he's going to nail this. Then again, like, Denny McCarthy was hitting like 20-foot putts like it was nothing. And uh, again, I always joke. Corey Connors can do everything but not putt. Danny McCarthy cannot do anything but putt. And he proved it. He putt, played amazing. But, yeah, so, so he lost, and it was a uh, tough, bad beat, unfortunately. But Justin but Justin Rose ending that four-year drought might be uh, vying a little bit. Now, like, I'm not one to like, to, like, run down odds boards and be like, oh, my God, after one event. But – yeah. If Justin Rose can put together a few top 30s, top 20s, uh, in Augusta history, he is the second best putter all time, only behind Jordan Spieth. And every single year, I bet Justin Rose the Masters, and every single year, he does not disappoint me. So, might be like one of those like backdoor top 10 guys if he continues to grow a little bit. And, and like we see guys in, in that like age 36, 37, 38 time, all of a sudden kind of put the pieces together. We saw it with Sergio a few year, the years back. Yeah. Saw it with Lee Westwood when he when he was getting older. I don't know. Might be seeing something. We'll see. And and I think 
for them to be scoring like that in those crazy conditions is just unreal. And it shows it so bad how good, too. like how good at golf these guys are to be to be scoring in those conditions. And for for Justin Rose to be up three strokes going into that 18th hole, I just can't imagine what that feels like after playing that that miserable five days of golf. Like that is horrible conditions, raining, nighttime, can't see anything. And then he's just strolling up to the 18th green with a three-hole lead. I mean, I think our guy Jay Rose is back. I also did did take him as my wild card this week. Yeah, it's this past week, which I I have I didn't even bother to calculate the uh, the numbers yet because Trey Mullinax WD'd, and part of me was like, how do we rank this now? Yeah. So I don't really know, uh, but we'll debate that off camera and figure out if I went three and zero or not. All I know is that that taking Justin Rose as the wild card, my wild card picks have been on fire um, to begin the year. So I'm really excited with that one. Turning over the things across the pond, St. Andrews, uh, after about a three-day um, span of people just absolutely berating them, uh, have decided to remove the brickwork or the stonework that was done around the Swolcan Bridge following a social media buzz that has literally put the golf world into a tizzy. Uh, the reasoning behind it was that it was to, quote-unquote, help maintain the structural integrity of the Swolcan Bridge while not disturbing the actual structure. It's, of course, 400 years old. They were doing it for erosion purposes in case anything happened. And by law in Scotland, uh, once an, once something is over 100 years old, it is considered a national uh, landmark. So you cannot touch it without, without the, the country's approval. Uh, and so this was the the uh, the grand idea was basically get rid of all all of the dirt that because it couldn't you you literally could not grow grass there just because it's always walked uh, walked through. Mm-hmm. So they were like, oh, well, let's put a stone patch. And also, Twitter was was blowing up with like uh, like memes of like the hot tub in the little uh, like circle. It was, it was very funny, but um, people people were going crazy. What do you <laughs> what do you make of that? I mean, my initial thought was just someone's drawing a mustache on the Mona Lisa here. It, it is absolutely horrific that that this was approved by some higher up, a couple higher ups that made a decision. Oh, let's throw some stone on this this national monument that everyone in the golf world can associate. the The background on my computer is the bridge at St Andrews. It's been the bridge of St Andrews for four years now. And do I have to switch the background of my computer to throw the new stones in there? So I have the most recent picture. Like, they have this, to. this is literally, it's like Amen Corner at the Masters. Could you imagine if they like knocked that bridge off and just put like a little wooden plank going over to the other side? It, it's mind blowing that anyone thought this was a good idea. It, it's actually like really ugly too when you think about it. Like, I, yeah. I'm looking at it now and it's just like, why is this like a thing? It, it, like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna pull up the, uh, the image here in a hot sec. But like, oh my goodness! Like what? what like just like a bad, a, talk about like a bad beat. This, this, this was a bad beat, like yeah, by bad. a wide margin. It was so bad. Like let let's pull this, uh, this up here for everybody who is interested in viewing for the public. Uh, right here. We'll share that, and we'll get rid of our little background here. Yeah, that was what the uh, the bridge was on the left, and what they built for a little bit. Just really it just ugly. It looks honestly. stupid. It just looks stupid, and I'm pretty sure like anyone can play St. Andrews. Like you can yeah, just like yeah. you can just like go on it and walk it at nighttime. There's like the 
that that side of golf and that type of golf world in Scotland, you can just walk on the course. People walk their dogs on St Andrews. It's it's absolutely insane. It's amazing. Uh, I kind of love it actually. Oh, I'm all for it. I am so bought into it, but it's just so hard for our American minds to wrap around. But just thought thought that was really funny. And uh, now, with that being said, let's get, let's get into the fun stuff. The Waste Management Phoenix Open plays host to to, of course, sorry, the Waste Management Phoenix Open taking place at TBC Scottsdale. It's been a long day already. Had a long day at work, but we're here now. Um, let's get into this. Uh, before we get into the actual discussion of the waste and the field, who we're looking into, and of course our bets that'll come on the other side. I found this question uh, that was going through golf Twitter the uh, the other day and was kind of kind of debating things. Obviously, this past week, Pebble Beach, the number seven, the iconic hole, the short little pitching wedge, par three, got me thinking. Again, we're gonna have the best two months of golf in like like stretch ever, right? Pebble Beach, we're gonna have obviously here here at the waist. We're gonna go to the players. We're gonna go. We're, we're gonna go to Augusta. Hole in one. Would you rather make an ace at Pebble, the stadium hole at Scottsdale, 17 at Sawgrass? I'm going to even throw in a, a 14 in Amen Corner. Uh, what's the hole that you'd want to make a hole-in-one at? I started to think about this a little bit, and and I wanted to go away from it, but I think it's a no-brainer, 16 at the Waste Management. Just the stadium atmosphere, how amazing it would be. There, there's truly nothing like doing something in front of a huge group of people. Hitting a hole-in-one at, at Pebble, like, there's some patrons there, but, like, yeah. there's not, like, this crazy explosion. If you hit a hole-in-one on 16, it is something that you will feel and hear for the rest of your life, and that makes it a no-brainer. You know, I it, it, it really, like, came down to me on 16 or 17 at, at Sawgrass because when you think about it, the, obviously the, 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 the stadium hole is enclosed, so everything is kind of – like maintained in the noise after there, but like there is a ton of people at Sawgrass, like like because like right there it's the hill that comes down and everyone's watching yeah. there. So like there's noise, but I think because of the stadium atmosphere of 16, it automatically becomes so much greater. No, it's I think that's what makes 16 uh, elite, and I think that's why this week is. Probably the best event of the early February, January, like swing of golf. Because again, there's nothing better than the greatest. Uh, they call it the greenest show on grass. We call it the, uh, again, the the greatest house party known to man. So I'm gonna I'm gonna join you on on the uh, 16th at Scottsdale the Stadium Hole. But that being said, the waste is presenting us with a very fascinating situation for the first time in. In recent PGA Tour PGA Tour memory, now obviously with the rule changes that that came this year, came the introduction of these designated events, which by Jay Monahan's definition was basically a ploy to get golfers to go to certain events that already draw up a lot of attention, or some that don't. And one of them, the first one this year, is in fact the waste management. Nineteen of the top twenty players in the world are going to be here, with the exception of Willie Zalatoris. Uh, just about everybody, for the most part, in the top 50 um, that isn't the few guys that are constantly on, on the European tour are going to be here this week. It's going to be an absolute show. And they and, and and the PGA Tour knows that now they have a sports book open in Scottsdale. It's the Super Bowl. They This was calculated. They knew they were going to do all of this. Mm-hmm. 
But there's a lot of pros and cons to all of this. One of the cons being that no one really played the AT&T Pro-Am, obviously because who wants to play a, a six-round golf event with Alfonso Ribeiro, who isn't named Jake Dippold. But also, equally, at the same time, though, no one wanted to go there. People wanted to buy. Obviously, Rory went. Uh, John Rahm went last year. So, like, guys aren't playing the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. But, the, but if you don't play there, you're forced to come here, which, I mean, isn't really a bad thing. It isn't like it's a punishment. But, like, yeah. you think about the idea of, like, designated events. This is one of them. The Genesis is going to be one of them. Um, you look at, at, like, Bay Hill is going to be one. A lot of these events happen in a very short span while you're kind of leading up to Augusta. And it and it isn't really privy to a lot of these guys to play in these events because you got to play here, then you have to go to California for the Genesis. You know, you don't got to play the Honda, but it's highly encouraged, one of the hardest golf courses to play on. Then you get a week break. You got to play at Bay Hill. You then cannot – you basically don't get a break then for almost four weeks because you go from the players to the Valspar to the match play. You get a week off for Punta Cana. You have to play the Valero, and then you and then you're playing the Masters. Then I'm pretty sure you have to play the RBC Heritage, and then most guys will play the Zurich. That's like that's like, that's what ten straight weeks you're going to be playing golf for the most part. It's mm-hmm. a lot of shit. That's a lot of golf, and a lot of these guys aren't really for it. Do you think the pros and cons? Do the pros outweigh the cons? Starting here with the waste management, in terms of the fact that guys are going to be playing in yes, what is an incredible event, but could this could we see a lot of burnout from a lot of these guys? in that five to six week time span. Yeah, I think it's great that we're getting the best guys at a really fun and cool event. I hope it's still as fun and cool as it usually is. But this being a designated event comes with designated money. And are we still going to have the same feel for Max Homa? Are we still going to have the same feel from guys who want to go out there and have fun? I don't know. I hope so. But with this being a designated event, do you get more ranking points from designated events as well? Yes. So, I mean, that's another thing. Elevated money, elevated emotions, elevated anger from our guy, John Rom, who we know likes to get angry sometimes. And I just hope it's still as fun as it usually is. And I wish that these elevated events were still in the same price range as other events. I think it's great that we're giving more money to golfers and these guys deserve it, but it makes it it more than other golf events. And I know that kind of sounds like I'm being like a traditionalist saying that, but I just wish all of the tournaments felt the same except for the majors. No, I I agree with you. I my my biggest gripe going into this was the fact that we're going to get, we're going to dish out $20 million, right? At the waste management, at the Genesis, at the RBC Heritage, at the Memorial, which the Memorial is a little different because, because like to me, it's the majors, it's the players, then it's the Memorial, then it's Bay Hill, and then it's kind of everything else. Yeah. Because the majors have their own feel. You go to Jack's place, you go to Arnie's place, and it's the players that like those three events are basically like your fifth, sixth, and seventh majors, realistically. Yeah, everyone wants to play. Everyone wants to win at the Memorial. Bay Hill is one of the hardest golf courses courses to play at, and of course, it was designed and owned by Arnold Palmer. But like, then it's like then it's the next tier, which is again those events that everyone knows: the RBC Heritage, the Waste Management, the Genesis, the Honda Classic. But like, first of all, there's burnout. But why are we paying twenty million dollars to these events when 
the winner of the Masters is only getting a 15. Like you're almost overshadowing the idea that that the majors are, are are what makes golf golf. Like think about it. ESPN has a contract to have digital coverage of the PGA Tour, which is going to show you like the featured group of the day, which last week was Harry Higgs and Russell Knox, and then a stream for the seventh hole. And the Masters, that's it. That's all they get. Like people pay for the majors. That's the that's the buy here. And like, yeah, I mean, they're still gonna get buzzed because it's the majors, but you like I'm gonna put more pressure on myself then to go in the waste management than I am to go in Augusta. Yeah, so I can make five million more dollars. And then on top of that thing, just like not to get political, but like the taxes. Like I can make five million more dollars, and yeah, I'll I'll owe a little more in taxes, but I'll still come out with them with a higher net sum. Like yeah. works for me. So like that's what I don't like about this whole thing. And yeah, we're gonna get the best players in the world, but they're they also like the schedule. I've had a problem with the schedule for a long time because forever, the biggest problem has been from now until I would say. Mm, I would say probably until the U.S. Open, maybe the Memorial. That's the, this, this is the best golf we get from February through the end of May or through the, through the middle of June. Because after the U.S. Open, with the exception of in that span, like the, like the Mexico Open is a snoozer, Punta Cana is a snoozer, the Puerto Rican uh, Open is a snoozer. Like outside of that, you're getting almost all the good majors – and then after that, it's like the Rocket Mortgage, the John Deere, the Barbasol, the Scottish Open, the 3M Open, the Wyndham. Like, no one cares about these events. It's kind of like the, the season dies in June, and it picks back up for a week at the Open, and then for two weeks in August. That's it. Like, like spread the schedule out a little bit. Make the RBC Heritage in, in late July. Like, make, make better events later on in the year. Yeah, it's going to cause a little bit – it's going to cause – Traveling issues because obviously we go from California to Florida to California to Texas back to Florida and then you have the you have two events in the Northeast and you go to Illinois and just like they can travel let them travel a little more like yeah yeah you can have your your California swing but we've already played for four weeks in California the Amex this the Farmers that's kind of enough let's go to Arizona let's go to Texas let's go to Florida. And then you could you could fly back to, to California for, for for two more weeks. I think it just works that way. Yeah, and I feel like PGA is buying into the live mindset. They like are. If these guys only cared about money, they would be playing at live. These guys care about winning the majors, and that's why they're still here. So don't try to make twelve majors. That's what I feel like they're trying to do. Like they're trying to create exactly. this feeling where there's twelve majors, but it's never going to feel like that. All you're doing is buying into what live wanted you to buy into. So. I, don't, I just don't understand why they PGA can't understand that and stick to what they're good at and stick to having a lot of great tournaments, a lot of great fields, and then you have your Masters and your championship and your majors, and that's what really matters. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you, and I think it's kind of ridiculous that we're going to – this is going to be this is going to be a problem, and you're right. They're, they're trying to join up or, like, adapt to live, but they're doing it with this at least in the wrong way. We're gonna take another, we're gonna take our final break here when we come back. Prop bets and beer money this week at the waste. Don't touch the dial. We've got a lot of information still to come right here on Get the Hole. 
Just a reminder, everybody, the most effective and direct way to support the Get in the Hole podcast and Underground Sports Philadelphia is by getting your merch. That's right. Get your merch. PHI Apparel Company is our official merch provider, and they are providing our listeners with the most unique and unbelievable designs for the great fans of the sport of golf and for our Philadelphia brethren, the great fans of Philly as well. Again, the whole podcast merch is officially on their website, so you can go to the Underground Sports Philadelphia tab where all of our podcast merch is available, and that is the most effective and direct way to support everything we're doing here at Underground Sports Philadelphia and with the Get in the Hole podcast. So go to phiapparel.co, and when you go to check out, use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off. That's how they know we sent you guys there, how they know you're coming from the Get in the Hole podcast from Underground Sports Philadelphia. Get your merch, phiapparel.co. Use code UNDERGROUND and you get 10% off any merch order from our friends at PHI Apparel Company. Now, let's get back into the Get in the Hole podcast. Final half hour. I call it the power hour. We got a lot of stuff here. I kind of stole that from one of my, my, my favorite shows, the power hour, which is uh, You Better You Bet, my, my boy Nick Costos, but... I think he'll forgive me. Prop bet time brought to you by our friends over at Pickup. Pickup. Play the headlines. Get started today at Play Pickup. And you can. Oh, God. You can. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm eating a cookie and I, and I almost just like choked on it. Anyways, Pickup. Play the headlines at Play Pickup and take some winnings on your props, tournament to cash, tournament to cash prizes, and um, other fun prizes as well. Jake, before I just like say something else stupid, uh, your prop bets this week, anything you got? Yeah, so I got two. First, I think it's a no-brainer going into the waste. We got to do hole-in-one on the 16th. And I don't know if it's just me wanting to get excited, but I'm going to hit the over on that one, Steve. How about you? Um, Now, there's a few overs on the hole-in-one market. You're saying there's one hole-in-one in general? On Just a hole-in-one just a hole in one on the 16th. Okay. So um, there are multiple sports books. Now, look, this is the best week of betting on golf. Um, thankfully, my girlfriend has her headphones on, so she can't hear me say this. Um, the week, the weeks following up to the Stewart Bowl are when I bet the most. Because I because I either lose all the money or I gain enough money to then burn it all in the Stewart Bowl. Which is actually a really unhealthy and toxic way of, way of thinking about it, but like whatever, I don't really care. If you have um, a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New Jersey, uh, in New York, it's uh, God, it's like uh, eight hope and why, whatever the hell it is. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, so this is this is the best week of gambling on the PGA Tour. The odds aren't necessarily great because they know how how loaded it is and how much everyone wants to bet on it. But the prop markets are really where you win. Um, I have four props. I'll give you two now. One of which is hole in one on sixteen. On some sports books, you could bet for more than one hole-in-one. We had that last year. You could bet for just one. Um, a certain green sports book it has odds boosted to plus 300 for a hole-in-one. Wow. Now, usually the odds are higher, but just because it's always management, they're going to blow it down a little bit. But it's odds, it's odds boosted to 300. Um, I can get it at 300. You could probably get it a little higher at some other places. But I think that I think that's a no-brainer. I've also got two head-to-heads. Uh, I'll give you one now. 
Um, I think this is going to be the week. Now, the sports books have Rom as your outright leader, as your outright winner. He's like plus 700. They have Rory plus 850. I, I'm sorry. Uh, I think the ASU factor that John Rom went to school in Arizona and he's a bit of he's a bit of a local guy. Um, technically has his residency in Scottsdale. I think that's kind of pushing him over the edge. Um, but we cannot ignore how good Rory McIlroy is. I'm going to go head to head Rory over Rom this week. Yeah, crazy, crazy play. Look, you got to realize, like John Rom's been amazing, but Rory McIlroy also has four wins in his, in his eight events, and three of them came in, in major in major scenarios too. Like not to mention like just incredible golf uh, from Rory McIlroy. So I will have Rory over Rom this week. I'll leave. I'll go to you, and then we'll come back to me. Actually, you just stole it from me. I had Rom versus Rory matchup, but our guy over here is hammering the Rambo, hammering the Arizona absolute menace. John Rom is dominating Rory McIlroy this week, Steve. You know the the one thing that's really kind of gotten me um, here is that um, I, I don't know if you know this, but the past two weeks Rom's actually lost strokes on approach, uh, and this is a premier course for. Uh, for strokes gained approach, um, he's never finished worse than 16th in in, in seven tries. However, uh, McElroy has just been incredible, and the one time he's played here, I think he finished 13th. So already, he kind of has a little little bit of a track a little bit of a track record. Um, their form honestly couldn't be better, but I just think Rory is a little bit better. Uh, two guys who haven't played in a few weeks. I really like Tom Kim over Cameron Young this week. Uh, Tom Kim is just a better approach player. He's showing the putter has been a, been a little stronger. He isn't as long off the tee. Uh, however, one thing that this golf course promotes is bombers. Uh, we've seen it in the past. Brooks Kepka's one here. Scotty Scheffler is one here. Uh, Sahit Tagala hits the ball 800 yards. Guys who hit the ball really far tend to win on this golf course. The par fives are incredibly gettable. If you aren't making birdies on the par fives, you're giving away strokes to the field at that point. Tom Kim overall better game right now than Cameron Young. I'll take the Tom Kim over Cameron Young in the head-to-head. And then finally, a little make-the-cut parlay for you, plus 300. And the fact that all four of these names, they bunch them, they bunch them together on almost every sports book is ridiculous. Uh, Max Homa, Tony Finau, Sahith Tagala, and Jordan Spieth to all make the cut this week, plus 300 in the tournament prop market. That's what I'm going to go with. Uh, there. Now we're going to transition over, but first I want to discuss a little bit more about um, what it takes to win this week. Because again, for those of you who are really looking, who are really looking for bets, this week is kind of a premium um, for a lot of players. Plus, you could also get some good money uh, early on, assuming you're looking for uh, some bets with the Super Bowl. Bombers win here. Like I said, a lot of guys really play well here. Par 71, 7,200 yards. It really isn't a hard. It really isn't a hard golf course. It's actually pretty. Um, simple when it comes to putting and chipping and everything. The short game is pretty easy. Uh, par fives again, really scorable. And guys who win here usually have three or four eagles on the week. The, the par 17 following the stadium hole is a is a really gettable par five. Uh, the third hole is a gettable par five as well. Um, Rory, in my opinion, should be the favorite here. Like I had said, that's why I'm that's why I'm taking the Rory over Rom here. Another prop bet you could be interested in. Um, 15 of the last 16 winners here have won by one stroke. So you could very well go under one and a half uh, for for deficit in terms of stroke or or uh, or plus a half probably in that regard for a certain player. Um, lots of water. A lot of guys are going to be uh, pretty daunting for the most part because just about every single hole has water except for 
I believe like the first three and the 18th. So that's really kind of what you're looking at um, this week. But with that being said, we're going to transition right into beer money. Brought to you by our friends at Kenwood Beer. Philadelphia's number one light beer. Again, guys, the Eagles are in the Super Bowl this week. And you can tailgate right outside the, outside of the link with some good old Kennys. I'll be rooting for the Giants just to watch the Eagles lose. I already have the Chiefs uh, money line at like plus 130 right now. Um, believe me right now, if you're if you're watching the show and you're looking at bets, someone's taking money by Sunday. It's one and a half right now to the Eagles. I think someone's going to be taking money. We might see a pick them, uh, but I'm, I'm most certainly rooting for the Chiefs. Shout out to all you Birds fans. But we're going to lead it off here. Top 20, top 20, Jake, who are you taking at the waist? Guy who hits it an absolute country <laughs> mile, puts it super, super well, and I think that gets put on display here this weekend. Ken is odds for top 20 yet, but he's plus 1,000, top 10. So that's Wyndham Clark. And that's got to be, what, probably plus 650, plus 750, top 20? That's a, that's I, a think, I think that's a great, great, great value pick. Yeah, you, you know, I am loading up the card this week with a lot of, like, safe plays just because of the – the, the strength of field here is the largest it's ever been. Um, actually, I'm curious. I, I'm, like, dying to know what Datagolf is saying right now with uh, with strength of field because think about it. We, we, haven't had the, we, we haven't had this heavy a field in a very long time. Let's see what Datagolf strength of field. What's the max number on that Datagolf strength of field? Uh, it is quite high. Hold on. <coughs> um, do we have a number here on this or no? They might have not released it quite yet. However, what I can tell you right now is that the the waste management last year was rated as the tenth hardest event behind behind Bay Hill, the Tour Championship, the Open, the CJ Cup, Travelers, Genesis, BMW, the Players. St. Jude, the U.S. Open, and, and the PGA Championship. Uh, this year, there has to be some sort of um, measurement here. Waste management strength of field. No, that that's a SWOT analysis uh, on the freaking company. I don't want to. I don't want that. God, this is we're really blowing off the uh, the bets right now. Waste management strength of field. Um, so there's literally like no tweets about this, which is kind of ridiculous. It's probably because it's so high. They don't even know. Um, that that's the thing. Like, yeah, like, like, like 23 of the top 24 players in the world are, are, are going to be here. Um, oh, here we go. Yeah. So the strength of field this week is up towards like the 400s, which wow. is like, which is which is like a uber obscene metric. Like That's this actually is wild. Like according to Kyle Porter, yeah. Um, oh, uh, here in terms of ranking, strongest tournament fields in the world according to the official World Golf ranking since September one of last year. The Phoenix Open is three hundred seventy nine points. The Amex was three hundred six. The Farmers was two seventy four. The CJ Cup was two seventy two. So like. Just in general, an absolutely ridiculous number already off the bat. I don't even know if they've really announced um, what the number is going to be, but just nuts. Um, what is like the Masters? What is the Masters field right the, now? The, the Masters last year was like 330. Wow, so it's less. Yeah. Like, like 
traditionally like the some events are just absolutely insane like the masters is good but like you also have guys like all the guys returning and they kind of bring it down oh so like it's like you're almost your outliers hurt you yeah. on the bottom end that makes but sense. like but like this is like a, like something something we've never ever seen before um anyways with that being said like because of the strength of field i'm gonna be going going with a lot of guys that are closer to that like top of the board and i and, like i hate doing that i love going with going with value um, but I just simply can't push myself to take someone who's like a Wyndham Clark so far out when I can go with a bit of a safer play and someone who is much better. Yes, albeit at a lower number, but Sahith Thagala at plus 210 for a top 20, that's a home run. Like, you're not going to get some of these wow. guys at, at plus money, uh, ever. And to get Thagala at plus 210 and then obviously goes higher, higher as you go, even like looking at, at, at like top tens and top fives, like, like these numbers are going to be like crooked numbers for guys that are this good. So I'll go with the gala um, top 20 this week. Top 10, who do you got? Top 10, the West Coast kid. He's going to absolutely eat this environment up. I hope he's not drunk for round two. That's Max Homa at plus 240. You're going to hear about Max Homa in my bets in a hot bet. In a hot bit. But I'm taking Tom Kim here, plus 260. Again, you're not going to get a top 10 golfer in the world at plus 260 at any golf course in America, uh, except for the waste. So that, We love that's Tom a, Kim. We love Tom Kim. We I love Tom love, Kim. I, I fucking love Tom Kim. Top five. Where are you going? Top five, super value here, I'd say. Plus 600. Two-time winner at age 24. Sun JM, plus 600, top five. You know, you have much better uh, value, value than me. Uh, one guy who I will personally be betting outright and will hopefully net me a lot of money before kickoff, uh, but I'm going to take him top five here because, because again, the number's too good. Colin Morikawa plus 360. Um, wow. Yeah, just good That's number. wild for Colin Morikawa. Like, usually you'll get, like, top five as, like, plus 700 traditionally for, like, guys in the, like, like, like middle of the pack. But, again, the waste management is just a loaded field. He's, like, eighth on the leaderboard. 360, I think, is a really solid number here. So that, that, that's where I'm going to take it. Um, again, shaky with the putter, but this year has been really good. So I think we could really see Colin uh, shine and get his first win of the year. You're giving me a pick this week. Where are you going with that? Give me, give me, give me. Get your money and get out. Minus 105, but throw $10 on there. Throw $20 on there. John Rom top 10, is absolutely not missing. Just not missing this weekend. I'm gonna I'm gonna ladder my uh my gimme. I'm gonna take it top twenty, but I, I might also ladder it uh, and try and railroad it a little bit for a top ten. Uh, Max Homa top twenty is plus one twenty, top ten is plus two sixty. You put it together, all of a sudden you get plus six hundred odds. Wait, Max Homa is top twenty plus one sixty. Yeah, well one twenty. I mean that's wild. Like that is wild. Like you aren't gonna get Max Homa at that number. Ever, um, none of these guys. In fact, are you gonna are you gonna ever really get 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 this number at? And again, like I have multiple guys that I'm gonna be playing outright. Uh, Homa very well could be one of them. Uh, I also think, honestly, for the hell of it, might throw money on Max Homa hole in one this week because if there's one guy you feel like it's destiny to to hit it, it's that. It's him. Yeah, his ball funnels in. It's just gonna funnel in. Yeah, like um, Max Homa. Max Homa might not be able to leave the golf course after 16. He might, he, like, he'll he'll shank one 80 yards into the water on 17. doesn't really matter. He, he'll be cocked if he, if, he, <laughs> if he hits a hole-in-one. The security team's going to have to, like, drag him to the next hole. Your winning pick at the waist. Who's getting us money before the Super Bowl? Shout out our guys at Data Golf for this one. No free sponsors, but shout out Data Golf. 
There are more approach shots from 150 to 175 yards at TPC Scottsdale than any other 25-yard range, which is our guy's bread and butter. He hasn't played here since 2020, where he finished T25. But let's see. This course fits him perfectly. You talked about him a second ago. The approach shot, that little spot. We saw him kind of fall apart at the century, but I think he recovers. Kyle Morikawa at plus 2,500 to win this golf tournament. Plus 2,500. Again, I'm, I don't want to be the guy to take the take the odds leader, number one. But plus 850 for, for Rory just seems right. Comes in here, well-rested, ready to go. I think Rory takes home the win. He hits the ball fucking 8,000 yards. He will bomb the shit out of this golf course. He will make seven eagles this week, and he'll walk away with a one-stroke win over Colin Morikawa, who I will, in fact, be also taking outright. Um, just to kind of give you guys other outright plays that I have, uh, Colin, I got him in a little late to the party. I got him at plus 1600, but like Jake said, you like 2,500 was a wild number. Um, other guys that like, honestly could very, could very well win JT Patrick Cantlay again, Max Homa. Um, the one guy who I'm really interested in and, and is going to be my long shot play quote unquote long shot, uh, Hideki Matsuyama is plus 4,000 and it's ridiculous. That's, that's like crazy. a that's like a Brian Harmon number for Hideki Matsuyama, and it simply shouldn't be that way. Uh, so he's someone who I'm really looking at. Uh, Cameron Young is plus forty plus forty five five hundred, and then one guy who I have way 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 out. Uh, JT Poston's hundred to one on some books, and then Webb Simpson is wait for this plus twelve thousand, a hundred and twenty to one. Webb Simpson. That's wild. Yeah, I'm seeing Tommy Fleetwood here at plus 8,000 as well. Crazy. I think that's, that's absolutely insane. Like, 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 very doable numbers. Also, Tony Finau, by the way, like, from top 10 on, plus 190, plus 360, plus 1,800. Tony Finau, again, has won 31% of his last, like, I think, like, he's won 31% of his last 32 outings. You want to hear a guy who... I no, think that number's totally off. Sorry, he has four wins in his, his four wins in his last thirty-two outings. I'm dumb. You want to hear a, a guy who I think this could be absolutely crazy, but I think he's playing out of his mind and his form is crazy. Oh. At plus eighteen thousand, plus eighteen thousand, Andrew Putnam. He's contended. Yeah. He's contended a couple. I don't care about this field. If he's playing yeah. good golf. He's going to contend. He really has. You're right. That's a good play there. Now, Jake, to finish the show show off here, of course. We got to make those wild card picks. Our our plays this week. I am confident that my team will go out and get yet another win. I don't know if I'm three and zero yet. I'll check that after the uh, the show here. But of course, as the uh, the guy in the losers bracket right now, I will let you take your one wild card pick before me. Choose your fighter. Oh, it's a no brainer. I'm going to go Aaron Wise. Good. I'm taking Hideki. Wow. If, it, if anybody wins this event, it's going to be Hideki Matsuyama, and it's going to be a way out there play. Hideki's going to give me like a top 10 or a top 5, and, and I'm just going to rub it. Your, your wild cards have been absolutely insane, Steve. Absolutely insane. Which, which honestly, and again, I picked Justin Rose as my wild card. He won this past week. I took in week one, who did I even take? Uh, was it Andrew Putnam finished like top 10? 
So, or, or I took somebody else. I don't even remember. All I know is that that, that, that Hayden Buckley missed the cut. Um, but if two times the charm is right, and I happen to bet on Matsuyama now instead of betting against Justin Rose, uh, maybe I'll win and I'll have a lot of money before kickoff to just burn on the uh, Chiefs money line. Like Chris Jones sacks. <laughs> yeah, just prop oh. the Super Bowl. Prop it. Before we go, props for the Super Bowl if you have any. I'm going to go first TD, Jalen Hurts rushing touchdown. I have two props that are home runs. You can put it in the book. Um, I have a, I, I have a colleague, uh, a old friend of mine, uh, used to work at ESPN. <coughs> has, knows guys on the inside. Not like prison, but like inside of like, like media centers. Uh, We'll have somebody record Chris Stapleton's anthem and will let me know what the over-under is. Right now, though, I am predicting the over at over two and a half minutes. Uh, every country artist over the last 20 years has gone over, and Chris Stapleton has turned Tennessee Whiskey into a 16-minute song on his concert. <laughs> so, it, so it seems like it's only plausible that he just has some ridiculous like like guitar solo in between the anthem, uh, and then final bet, which again, home run. Eleven of the last twelve Super Bowl performers, the opening song of their concerts, are, it will always be the opening song of their show. Justin Timberlake's was filth that wow. hit. Katy Perry's was roar that hit. Dre and Snoop Dogg, the next episode, Rihanna. Is gonna open the stool roll and sprinkle some some pizza and beer money. Stay and don't stop the music. That is gonna be my, my home run bet. And I will go live on Twitter when it happens and go, I told you so. That's amazing. That's amazing. Rihanna, I'm getting baby. in on that. I'm getting in on that for sure. There is nothing better than fucking Rihanna Pross in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I like the fact that like prop markets like this are a thing is like what makes me a degenerate. Um, also, also, if you want to make a live bet, uh, the last eight Super Bowl teams to win the coin toss loses the game. So yeah, I saw that. That's crazy. Just, just live bet, live bet. Whoever doesn't win the coin toss, which I'm hoping to God is not the chiefs. We'll find yeah, out. It's Folks, that's going to do it all for us here. Steve McAvoy, Jake Dippold, another great show. Thank you for joining us. Uh, here on the get in the whole podcast, the waste management fantasy open this week. And then of course the Super Bowl. I'm going to be on. Uh, this Saturday, live stream discussing my prop bets for the Super Bowl on the Underground uh, Twitter account. Be on the lookout. I have probably about forty bets right now in my booklet. I will narrow the. I will narrow them down. Uh, a couple more that I'm eyeing that you should look out for. Ladarius Sneed sack first sack plus seven hundred and Super Bowl MVP. Miles Sanders or Isaiah Pacheco, if it happens. Isaiah Pacheco, by the way, the Vineland kid from KB's hometown. That's going to do it all for us here on the Good Old Podcast. Enjoy the waste management. Enjoy the Super Bowl. We'll be back next week for the Genesis Invitational. We're going to Riviera. And oh my God, is it going to be a fun one? Thanks for listening to Get in the Hole, the official golf podcast of Underground Sports Philadelphia. Catch us every week wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And be sure to like and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Get in the Whole Pod and follow Underground Sports Philadelphia at Underground PHI. 
We'll see you next time. And remember, get in the hole!